thank you, Philippe. It's a pleasure to once again have a great conversation with you today. And I'm very excited and honored that you are part of our community. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation with you, Philippe. Priya, likewise, it's a pleasure to speak with you. And I also value our cooperation and partnership. Absolutely. You've been in the space of leadership development and coaching for three decades now, Philippe. And uh, what is that one story or narrative that kind of keeps on coming back? It motivates you and it's inspired you to keep giving back to this, um, you know, to leadership development and coaching, developing leaders. What's that one narrative, Philippe? Well, um, what strikes me, what struck me uh, back then, uh, three decades ago, uh, time flies, the fact that in organizations, human, the human potential is often underutilized. And that is really unfortunate. You see also people even becoming alienated at work, um, disengaged. Uh, this is a, such a loss of talents. When in fact, um, I realized that something else uh, could, could very well happen. True. You could have people flourishing. You could have people fully engaged, doing meaningful work. So I was wondering how to help with that transformation, how to help organization make a better use of people's potential. I would say for people themselves, so they can thrive, they can flourish, but also to the benefit of society and the world at large. How can I modestly at my level help to make that difference that would eliminate a lot of suffering and would it place replace this with uh, flourishing and fulfillment correct has there been a, a story that you can recall where this is really um something that is that you know you took a decision to contribute to a meaningful part of your life to developing leaders and uh, can you narrate some examples or transformative experiences philippe that even today fulfills you? Well, maybe to the, the start of the journey, I've always been interested, even though I studied initially uh, engineering. Yes. Um, I did a master at Stanford University in electrical engineering. Even back then, I took all my elective classes in the humanities, sociology, philosophy, history. Um, but then I, I went on to work as an engineer in the Silicon Valley and then came back to Belgium. I worked as an engineer and as a manager. And, um, and I wasn't really fulfilled, I have to say, in, in this role uh, that I was playing. And I was seeing some people, including I remember a girlfriend at the time, she was really loving her job. She was thriving in her job. And, and here I was having done all these studies, you know, in, in, at Stanford uh, notably. Uh, and here am I finding myself in this place, wondering, what am I doing here, you know? And what is the purpose also of this? What, what, how could I have more joy in my work and also more meaning? Correct. And so that was the start of a journey that eventually led me to, to go um, into a complete change uh, of career um, and uh, to become a, a leadership development trainer, consultant, and coach. Wonderful, wonderful. Yes. Uh, Philippe, I 
think I got introduced to you when I met you in Shanghai for uh, the coaching across cultures, the certification on uh, the cultural orientations framework in 2014. And then I got excited by the global coaching uh, book of yours. And I think that's where we collaborated and we were able to launch the program uh, in 2014. But now um, I know that there has been certain life experiences that you've had that has perhaps propel you to come up with uh, global coaching as a as a as an integrated and interconnected perspective to leadership development i'd love to hear that experience philippe so i think it'll it'll help leaders connect better with your work well you know I, i've had different experiences where uh, I, I see the need for uh, more integration um, maybe I, I will tell a, a personal experience but i see over and over a difficulty with people working in silos, being just experts in their one domain, when in fact, um, reality is really complex and you need to be able to look at it from multiple angles Correct. to be able to, to address that complexity. True. So, I mean, already a long time ago, I had a, a personal experience, a, a strange condition uh, that I had, a medical condition, where uh, at some point I couldn't I, I couldn't sit, I, was, I had pain in the groin area. I, I could not sit, uh, I could not stand up. I could walk a little bit, but I would have to stay, um, you know, lying down often. And I went to see so many uh, specialists all in their areas, um, paramedical specialists as well. And, um, and one person, thought this is the this is the problem another person thought this is another problem and this went on for over a year and the the salvation came when i was able to meet a multi-disciplinary team um, led by um, a, a sports um, physician but a sports physician who knew more about um, neurology uh, than uh, one neurologist i had seen because that had come after some after a sport injury, and um, and and uh, and so here is an example. I wrote an article about this. I mean, it seems already like a long time ago, but but the difference was made by having this collection of individuals looking at the situation from multiple angles, right. and also this physician who was listening very well to what had happened to me, what exactly took place. He did his homework to analyze different results from different medical examinations I had had, instead of rushing to conclusion. And he was somebody who was also curious to continuously learn beyond his own discipline. And so when he met with me, he said, um, at the end, he took his time, he said, I have an idea of what could be the case, but I don't want to just give you a diagnostic like that. I will speak with my colleagues, please meet with my colleagues. And, um, and that's what he did. Um, I met with different colleagues, they came together. Whereas most people, most including physicians, they would immediately have an idea, oh, that must be this. And, uh, you know, and it wasn't that. Um, so lacking in, in depth of reflection, in depth of analysis, uh, being quick to, to judgment and not knowing enough. They knew a lot about their own field, but not enough about other perspectives. Right. So this was just, I mean, I had done some work about, uh, you know, uh, about coaching from multiple perspectives that I've done for over two decades. But this is just, again, 
a personal experience to reinforce the necessity to be able to look at different disciplines. And, and in my own life, I continue to learn not just more of the same, but I'm curious to learn from a variety of fields, a variety of disciplines. That's how I think we can push the envelope. Um, Correct. Correct, correct, and that's 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 something that I, uh, I I I totally appreciate because I've personally benefited from your the approach that you've suggested and uh, the kinds of work that I'm currently doing. I mean, I think this is the the spine of it is all from you. So I should have it's always a gratitude to you, Philippe. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um... Yes, thank you. I've always wondered. You've influenced the world of coaching and coaches with a number of uh, you know uh, game-changing books and i would call it like you have the coaching across cultures and you have global coaching and your latest one where you contributed to the book of i think coach me and uh, the profession uh, the personal board of directors so each of these books uh, there must be a strong message uh, from each one of them, I uh, that that is relevant to uh, that was relevant when you published them for leaders, and today uh, more so for leaders who want to move from good to great to world class. So, what would you say, Philippe, as that message from each one of your books that can yeah. that can make a difference to leaders today? Well, thank you. There are two books essentially I've written: coaching across cultures and global coaching. And then I've been invited by different people to contribute chapters in, I, th I don't know how many, but over 15 uh, books. And you mentioned the latest one. But I guess the core of, of my message is in those two books, Coaching Across Cultures and Global Coaching. Coaching Across Cultures is about celebrating differences in the broader sense. It's about uh, leveraging different cultural perspectives not just to promote um, diversity and inclusion, but to promote creativity. Um, we can learn from many different cultural perspectives so right. we can enrich, we can expand our worldviews and have more options available to us, new ways of communicating, new ways of thinking, new ways of managing time, new ways of organizing ourselves. We are not stuck with just a certain worldview. We can continuously learn from other worldviews and enrich our own perspectives. So that is the first book, Coaching Across Cultures. The second book, Global Perspective, is about going one step further, learning not just from different cultures, but from different disciplines. And I look at six perspectives in particular, the physical perspective, managerial perspective, psychological, cultural, political, spiritual. Um, and so these perspectives really can inform our coaching and our leadership. Uh, at a physical level, if we want to be good leaders, uh, we need to be in good health. That is the, the, the foundation, that is the basis. How do we uh, maintain our energy? How do we maintain our stamina? Um, so that's one question. But then at the, end of, the other end of the spectrum, the spiritual perspective, we have the question of meaning and purpose. You know, what, what it is that we are doing as leaders? What are leaders doing? Uh, is it just more profit? Um, just more, more, more consumption, more profit? Or, for example, is it something that can contribute to enhancing society and humanity um, by, for example, promoting uh, environmental um, progress, societal progress, social progress, in addition to economic success? So, and so we can 
we can look at different perspectives uh, and that's what global coaching is about. Um, considering the complexity of uh, leaders' challenges today and being able to approach them from different angles. Correct, correct. I mean, you must have been part of a number of transformative coaching engagements, coaching conversations, and many of your coaches may have those, what we call as the moments of insights or the aha moments, right? Would you have uh, some examples or stories to share, Philippe, where you've made a significant difference to that moment of insight, you've reframed the mm. coaches' perspective? Yes, sometimes, as you said, there is one moment of insight that makes a, a big difference. And sometimes it's just not one moment, but there are a series of uh, insights gained along the way. So if I take the, the first example, um, and I, I can actually name this person, Peter Leyland, um, somebody I coached in the 90s uh, initially. And uh, he had received, I can share this because he gave me the permission at the time to share this and um, he had received difficult 360-degree feedback as part of a leadership development program. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the wake-up call for him was the difference between the leader he wanted to be, um, the, all the positive intention he had, and the image he currently had, um, which was a little, a little bit different, um, I have to say, and came up as a, as a shocking news for him and as a wake-up call. Mm -hmm. But to his credit... He took on board to um, engage on a journey, both personal development journey, so that he could become, also in the eyes of other people, the leader he really wanted to be, so that people could see his positive intentions. And um, so there was a, a leadership, um, a personal developmental journey, but then I had a chance to work with his teams um, for several years. And that also make a, made a big difference and um, he eventually was seen as a, a fantastic exemplary leader um, uh, because he had built high-performing teams with a wonderful spirit, a lot of trust, but also people who are thriving in these teams. He said uh, uh, at the time, but also more recently, a few years ago, um, that you know the coaching we did together, that's the one contribution that made the greatest difference in his career. He's not the CEO of a firm in the UK. So, um, but I have to say, you know, I played my part, but uh, he deserves most of the credit. And I think that is true for all coaching uh, situations where the coach is doing the hard work. You know, I can play a role. I think I do play a role, but the coach deserves most of the credit and he, and he certainly does. So this is one example. I can think of another example, um, and a more recent example, where I, you know, I didn't have the permission to this person to, to give her example. So I will call her Annie, let us, let's say. That is okay. not her name. But in her case, she was a, a senior leader in a, in a company in, in Europe. And uh, you know, a hardworking person, um, smart person, hardworking person, but was seen sometimes as a too demanding uh, um, by other people. She was an American living here in Belgium. Also, sometimes uh, there would be um, difficulties to adjust to this context here, this cultural context, and uh, a lot of stress also for her. 
so we embark on a journey. Um, um, we worked for a year together, and in fact, I had the chance then to work again for a few months afterwards with her. The learning took place at different uh, times. One was um, very much applying the global coaching approach. One was at a physical level to take better care of herself, to sleep more, to give herself the permission to sleep more, to go back to some sports routine, in her case, um, including some bicycling, for example, that she um, started to do again. So she was already in better shape, um, less stressed out simply from that. But then also from a managerial perspective, learning to um, use people working for her, I, I mean, use in a positive sense, um, in a, in a better way to know how to delegate the work, but you cannot delegate immediately. You need to do that gradually to establish trust. She was able to learn that. From a political standpoint, she was able to build alliances. In this organization, very much a matrix organization, she needed to be able to build those relationships um, uh, in order to gain some influence and to make an impact in her project. And that's what she learned to do. That's, and so that was also that made a big difference for her. From a cultural perspective, she was she became aware of some of her cultural inclinations mm -hmm. so that she wouldn't fall prey to that. So for example, learning to, learning to let go as opposed to wanting to be in control all the time, learning to let go, learning to slow down, to take the time, learning to be uh, a bit more indirect in her communication, more particularist, more flexible, as well and um, so those were learnings and the spiritual perspective that was not necessarily um, part of the conversation from the beginning but that became part of the conversation later on meaning purpose those questions came to the fore um, as we um, had more and more conversations so that became a topic for her also she was lacking in self-confidence actually um, you, you wouldn't see that necessarily but learning to, um, to, to be more confident, and more accepting of herself. So there was a, a psychological developmental journey as well, building emotional intelligence was part of that. So you see, it's not one moment of insight. Correct. It's, a, it's a whole journey. And that is actually typically what would happen that when you know, I would work some, with somebody, it's not just one, that one insight, but Correct. it's a gradual process where you learn along the way. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the example, uh, Philippe, because unless we contextualize it, right, we're not uh, and getting to see how a person and her journey unfolds the use of these six perspectives. Very well uh, shared, Philippe. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, in coaching, especially, we uh, although we say we coach or we are a coach, we have we wear multiple hats during the journey sometimes a mentoring hat and sometimes a coaching or sometimes different advisory hats. Um, how do you avoid the advice trap in coaching, uh, Philippe? Well, um, one thing is to, to be convinced that uh, the coach, she has a lot of wisdom and that I, I don't, and, and that he or she has her own answers typically. So, um, I may give an advice, but that will not necessarily be relevant for that person. So my reflex over the years has been um, to, to be more in a mode of being present, listening, asking questions. That has become more of a reflex. I, I will say this, though, that um, if a leader will ask me for advice, 
I will not systematically say, I'm not here to give you advice and refuse to respond to that. So there will be time where, um, you know, I will, um, I may give an advice if, if I'm asked to give that advice. And if I see, I need to be very careful with this. And if I see that this is not going to be detrimental, that this is not going to prevent the coachee from thinking for himself or herself. But with senior executives um, in particular, sometimes you know, they will want to have my view on, on a topic. And if I refuse to answer, then there is a risk that I will break the relationship, the connection. So that's why I say coaching is an art. I, I rarely give an advice, uh, but, but I will not go as far as saying that I will never do that. Correct. Very well said, uh, Philippe. And I think it's the it's that uh, once again, that moment, you will be intuitively understanding what is required, that moment and taking it from there. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Uh, Philippe, you must have coached people across different layers in the organization. Sometimes they could be high potential mid-level managers or sometimes senior leaders and sometimes the C-level executives or the CXOs. How does uh, your approach to coaching differ across these various layers, Philippe? Well, each coaching is different. Um, so each coaching is different. So I guess the, the, the challenges are just um, typically different, uh, more, more complex perhaps at, at the top level, um, multi-faceted challenges. So that may be a difference. And uh, whereas at a more junior level, there may be a question, for example, I need to learn how to uh, delegate better, or I need to, to learn how to, to um, build constructive relationship with uh, my colleagues. Uh, I need to have more confidence, although that can be also at the top level, actually. Right. Um, so um, I, I don't have a, just one answer to that. It will vary, but the, perhaps the one difference is the increased complexity as you go higher up the chains. But the global coaching, the, I think what is nice about global coaching is that it can be applicable at all those levels. You know. Um, it doesn't mean that I need to call upon all the perspectives all the time, if, not if it's not necessary, but at least I can do that if Wonderful. required. Wonderful. Wonderful. Philippe, I mean, these days when you look at um, organizations and individuals, they have access to, you know, internal coaches within organizations. And then there are external coaches like ourselves. And then there is also opportunities to engage in individual one-to-one -one coaching. And then organizations also explore team coaching. So there's a lot of different things in that space of coaching. Now, what will be your, um, what's your take on what will be a good mix for, uh, for, for talent development and leadership development when we have to, uh, you know, in, infuse coaching in that process. Yes. Well, uh, I don't have just one answer to that. Uh, typically, the approach when I would be working with an organization would be to, to start get, getting to find out that organization, what is currently happening there, what are the challenges there, and doing a number of interviews to, because we are not starting from scratch, we start with what is there. Yeah. And, and the answer then will depend on on what I would find out after this phase of analysis and interviews. But probably there would be some form of mix of all the modalities that you have mentioned. For example, in one organization I had the chance to work with, the, um, 
the focus was mainly on, um, for example, at the senior level to, to have a combination of leadership development training followed by coaching. So what would happen is that these leaders would become themselves leader coaches, if I may say. They, they would be able to, through their own example, um, weave coaching into their leadership approach. But that started by training them, by coaching them over a one-year period. This was a one-week program follow, followed by a one-year period of, of coaching. At other levels, um, you know, there were also shorter training programs uh, with some coaching. But then, you know, we, we can use our creativity to, uh, to, to propose solutions. We have collaborated recently, Ria, um, on creating a series of videos. Uh, that is uh, much less expensive, of course, than organizing the seminar that we did together where, you know, we had leaders for three days uh, with us, and then we, we were able to stay in touch with them. Um, right. it's, it would be expensive for an organization to send all leaders uh, for a three-day retreat like the one we had. Mm. But paying um, a very small amount of money for, to have access to the videos we have created together, that, that is a different story. And then based on that, we can imagine all sorts of scenarios, some peer coaching, um, using internal coaches who um, build upon the learning from, uh, for example, those videos. Uh, okay. So... You know, I don't have one answer to that, but uh, there are more possibilities these days. Uh, absolutely, sure. absolutely. I think uh, a mix or uh, and a coaching where people have more choices, right? And I think that's what people want, more choices rather than being fixated with one approach. Very yes. nice, Philippe. Uh, there's also this, uh, uh, you know, the, the shifts that today's uh, environment requires is something called uh, the, the organization and, the, and some of the sustainability shifts that are happening. How do you promote more diversity and inclusion? How do you have uh, more sustainable organizations? Lots of uh, focus areas for many organizations. How does um, global coaching and uh, your and some of the approaches that you suggest fit into these kinds of agendas that uh, organizations have to drive and there's also a strategy that they have to achieve at the end of the end of the year or end of each year right they want to improve some of these metrics what would you suggest uh, philippe well it turns out that i mean i have to say i didn't wait for uh, for today, that, that becomes that this becomes fashionable to to write about this. Uh, sustainability is very much at the heart of global coaching. I write about this in the in the book. I suggest metrics um, to to ensure um, to ensure that this is taken into account. Even in, in coaching across cultures, which is a, an older book, I I, I uh, developed this global uh, scorecard um, that looks at success and including societal success, sustainability. So all these uh, variables are at the heart of, um, of this integrated coaching approach that I've developed uh, and that I, uh, I try to promote. So uh, it's, it is related, um, sustainability is very much related to the question of meaning and purpose. What is this all about? Why are we, uh, what, are, what is the purpose of an organization? Is it just to make a profit? 
I, I don't think so. I mean, that is a very limited sort of objective, certainly not one that can promote engagement and less even less so today. To promote real engagement, um, organizations need to do something that is going to be meaningful for people working there. And for something to be meaningful, it, it needs to be associated with a, a larger purpose that typically involves um, uh, improving the world, if I, if I may say, and improving the world um, at different levels. One is ensuring that our, our world is sustainable, um, taking care of not only human beings, but all species. Um, it's not just about humans, but it's also about animals in general, um, non-human uh, animals as well. And, uh, Preserving our planet uh, is very important. Um, I think when, when, I, when I notice or, uh, people, I've had the chance to work with a number of organizations for which this is part of their agenda. I see the sense of purpose and meaning for people working there, that they, they realize that they are doing something essential today. Correct. Diversity and inclusion, that is also at the heart of coaching across cultures. Um, it's diversity and inclusion in a broader sense. And I wrote recently an article, Diversity and Inclusion 3.0, that uh, looks at diversity beyond the traditional approach. It's beyond just demographics, although that is important. Yeah. It's also to, to, um, to be able to make the most of different uh, cultural perspective, uh, whether those um, we are aware of those or whether that those are just hidden. Um, in us. So diversity is in us. How can we deploy that? Right. I mean, I would need more time to, to, to elaborate on that, but this, this article is available on, you know, on my website uh, um, and on LinkedIn as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks, Philippe. I wanted to leave you with one question, uh, uh, which is to say, what is going to be your contribution to the future of coaching? Yes, who knows? I mean, what will happen in the future? But, uh, um, but for me, it's to continue to, uh, to promote more integration at multiple levels, to continue to learn. I continue to, to learn and to, to try to push the envelope. Um, I recently was asked to write an article on coaching ethics, well, a book chapter on coaching ethics. And I realized that I, need, I had to first learn more about the topic. So I took a course on coaching ethics and to establish links between philosophical ethics. So the course on philosophical ethics, I meant. So to, to, to establish some links between philosophical ethics, interculturalism and coaching. So that's what the, the chapter is about. This is just one example, but I, I continue to look for ways to try to push the envelope. So uh, leaders and coaches uh, can, um, can use more of their multifaceted potential and can bring a, a greater contribution to humanity and beyond humanity to all living species and to the planet. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Philippe. I should say this is a wonderful space of work that we are all in, right? Transforming human beings, transforming for something far better than what is available today. So I think if this is a responsible position that we are in. And I want to thank you for contributing to that and also helping your ecosystem of other coaches to learn from it and also utilize it and grow. So thank you once again, Philippe. And, uh, and it's, it's a pleasure as always to talk to you well it's a pleasure thank you as well uh, priya for uh, 
I, I really respect and value our cooperation. You were the one um, who uh, brought me to India when we had the first uh, leading um, and, and global uh, coaching program, a three-day residential program with okay. different leaders coming there. And so thank you for organizing. That was the first open um, seminar on this topic. And now you have invited me kindly to, to do these videos uh, on um, you know, global uh, leadership and coaching. So I appreciate your continued interest and collaboration. Thank you. Thank you, Philippe, and all the very best to you. Likewise. Mm -hmm.